Thank you. Great to be here today. I know our student-athletes have really enjoyed... Yes, they are still student-athletes, contrary to what some people would tell you. Um, they've really enjoyed this experience. Uh, first time in New Orleans. want to thank Commissioner Gill for a first-class operation and day and program today. I know he's got one more day to go tomorrow. But people have asked me, well, you, what do you think? It's your first taste. Well, it's really not our first taste of it because first taste will be when we kick it off. But what do you think today? And, I, you know, to me, it was like, well, it's like comparing a 55,000-seat stadium to a 10,000-seat stadium. And uh, very impressed and uh, looking forward to it. Look, uh, this Sunbelt East is going to be big-time football. You got a lot of great programs in the East. Now, I'm not doing anything to slight the West. I'm just talking about the East right now because I can remember being at Pitt in 1996 and playing Southern Miss in the Liberty Bowl and getting beat 41 to 6. And I can remember being at Rice in 1987 playing ULL, who was Southwest Louisiana then, and getting beat 41 14. And every one of those programs in the West, you can pinpoint a period in their time, recent history, where, where they had outstanding runs. The thing about the East for us, geographically, obviously, uh, these are great rivalries with schools that we have a prior history with, with the exception of uh, really Georgia State, who's a relatively new school, uh, not that new, but you know, back when we were playing Georgia Southern in 1AA football, and uh, Georgia State only won seven of their last eight games last year. So, you know, you look at Marshall, who has won national championships and had big bowl wins and FBS wins. You look at App State, who won multiple national championships and has had uh, great seasons back to back to back to back. You look at ODU, who's had some terrific years, won five of their last six games last season. You look at Coastal, who's had back-to-back 10-win seasons. And Georgia Southern, who was the, really the preeminent premier 1AA team of its time um, and has had a lot of really good seasons and a new staff, new coach, new philosophy. So you throw us in the mix. We're in an unusual position here today. Normally I'm standing up here as one of the favorites to win the national championship and the unanimous favorite to win the conference championship. And today we are picked next to last in the Eastern Division. And people have said to me, well, are, is that going to be bulletin board material for you? And I, I said, well, I don't know. I mean, ODU's picked last. They won five out of their last six games. I think it'll be bulletin board material for them. But uh, there's only one other time, really, in my coaching career. Uh, this is my 40th year of coaching and 12th as a head coach that we were picked next to last. And that would have been my first year at Elon when I inherited a program that was about 8-48. and 48, uh, And after nine games, we were 8-1 and one and played James Madison for the conference championship last game of the season. So I'm confident in our guys. Uh, look, James Madison's a special place and a special brand. And... We are going to be there. We'll be a championship brand in the Sun Belt Conference. What I can't tell you is when, okay? And But we just have that kind of school program and leadership and a great recruiting base, uh, championship culture, and belief in the locker room. And uh, 
it's going to make it a very interesting uh, little party we're putting together with our rivals in the East because when you think about it and all these schools with this great tradition, there's not enough seats at the table for everybody to have a great year. And that's just going to accentuate the rivalries, and they're going to become more intense and more intense. But one thing I can tell you about JMU, we're going to be there and we're going to be on top. We're going to be on top. Now, there's a lot of unknowns this year. You know, my only expectation for our football team this year is we go out there every day uh, with great focus and energy and do the things you got to do to improve and put yourself in the best position for tomorrow and on Saturday and play our butts off on Saturday afternoons and do the things you got to do to play winning football. Okay? We're not eligible for a bowl game this year. We're not eligible for the conference championship this year. And a lot of our uh, members in the East are reminding our recruits that daily that we're not eligible for that. But, you know, hopefully we will be next year. But next year's class will be recruited, and they will be eligible for those things. So I think this is a terrific long-term move for JMU, the athletic department, the football program. We're very excited. Our fans are super pumped about this. And uh, I think it's a big ad for the Sun Belt, too, because I think JMU is, is, gonna, is a big-time brand. It's only going to get better and better and bigger and bigger. So we're excited about this thing. Uh, you know, this thing happened really fast. I give our leadership and administration a lot of credit for pulling the trigger on this quickly. And uh, here we come. So let's go. All right, fire away. Let's go. We'll now take uh, questions for Coach Signetti and our student-athletes. For those of you who are in the room, if you have a question, ask you please raise your hand. And also please stand up so we can get you on camera. Wait for the microphone to come to you. Uh, Ellie and Emmanuel are back with the microphones once again. Please state your name and your media affiliation. Before you ask your question, and for those of you listening in on Zoom, we ask you to type your questions into the chat, and I'll read them aloud. Questions uh, here in the room. Coach Emmanuel Pappas, Sunbelt Conference. Just wanted to get you to talk about, you mentioned about a timeline and uh, obviously not knowing when you guys are going to be able to achieve the goals that you want, but what does it mean, you talked about and you touched on some of the teams that have already made that transition, what does it mean to be the, kind of the next in line to conference to start on that path to, to being able to transition and be a prominent member of the F, uh, FBS? Well, you know, I think uh, 10 years ago, JMU had this opportunity 10 or 11 years ago and uh, declined it because there were some things they wanted to take care of. Uh, took a very patient approach. I think we're well positioned and prepared to do this. I don't think it was a surprise to anybody when we elected to do it. And so now there's a lot of unknowns. I don't, you know, I'm not a prognosticator. I can't tell you how many games we're going to win this year or next year or this or that. All I can tell you is we're going to work every day to make this the best it can be. And it is a transition. Uh, we're the first team ever uh, to make this move that's played a full FBS schedule in year one. Most teams have done kind of a half FCS, half FBS thing for two years. Uh, but we're, do we're doing it all year one. We are at 85 scholarships if we want to be. Uh, I'm at 80 now. I think a lot of the G5s are having a hard time getting to 85. But if there were five great players out there, I could sign more. I mean, I have that ability to do that. So uh, we're excited about it. Our players are excited about it. We've had a great summer, and we're ready to play football. 
I have a Zoom question in. It's for uh, Percy and Isaac. Um, the question is, without having the conference championship and all the things that go along with it this year, uh, is there an issue with your team having the motivation that it should have this year? Um, I don't see our team having an issue with motivation because the motivation will always be winning on a week-in and week-out basis. So no matter whether we can win a conference championship or win a bowl game or anything like that, once the whistle blows and we're between the lines, it's going to get competitive no matter what is on the line. Yeah, just rolling off of what Isaac said, the standard is excellence at JMU. And once the whistle starts, it's game time. have another question from Zoom from Darian Carter of the Tuscaloosa News. And, this, Coach, this is for you. What are some things that you learned on Alabama coach Nick Saban's staff that you've been able to implement at JMU? Well, you know, Nick sent a lot of guys off to head coaching jobs. I learned a lot from uh, Coach Saban. Part of his original staff stayed with him for four years, was a receiver coach and recruiting coordinator. A lot of people forget that first year we lost to Louisiana Monroe. Uh, near the end of the season, but then our first full recruit class, you know, we we signed uh, six guys that were first round draft choices and went 12 and 0, and uh, the following year and lost to uh, Florida in the SEC game. Following year, 14 and 0, then stayed one more year. Uh, I think after year one, I had learned more from coach uh, about running a program, what to do, what not to do, how to do it, leadership, management, daily organization, how to recruit, how to practice how to manage your team, how to manage your staff, you know, the messaging component. Really just learned an awful lot from him. He's really a smart guy. And I think every guy that's gone on uh, to be in this kind of position would say the same thing. I think we all take quite a bit from uh, what we learn, and then we tweak it to our personality and our situation or a specific time uh, in football. Um, So obviously it was a, a real valuable experience. Isaac, a question for you. You were one of the guys that was really one of the leaders of this uh, of this defense last year. And just talking about going into this season and uh, with a with a group that's really kind of grown together. What are some of the things that you've noticed uh, with this uh, with this defensive group, especially up front as they matured, and some of the things that you're excited to looking for from the defensive side of the ball going into this season? Um, I feel like what comes with maturity is an attention to detail. Noticing the little things, the small things that differentiate teams and differentiate winning and losing. Because a lot of times it comes down to the little things. It's not really stuff that um, a casual viewer will be able to notice that could be the key difference between winning and losing a game. And I feel like when you get older, a lot more emphasis is placed on those little things. And that's why you see the um, older players most of the time don't make as much mistakes as the younger guys because they're not keen in on those specific details to be successful. I have another question from Zoom, and uh, this is for, uh, again, for Percy and Isaac. But, Coach, if, if you want to jump in here also, uh, we've been all day we've been hearing from the commissioner and the other coaches about how hard it's going to be in the Sunbelt East this year. First time through, and it's almost like, uh, let's see how they put it, uh, you're, you're being thrown into a, a tough situation. I honestly feel like uh, at the end of the day, we're going to go out there and we're going to play JMU ball. JMU ball is just playing football at a high level every day, every snap. And I honestly feel like that we're just going to surprise a lot of people this upcoming season. Um, 
I'm really excited to play in the Sunbelt East. As everyone's been saying, it's, it's a really good division of the Sunbelt Conference. And some of these teams are teams that I even thought about going to when I was in high school. So it's going to be really exciting to go there and visit, not only play them, but also travel to the arenas and see the atmosphere that's there. And uh, I'm just really excited to be able to play uh, big-time football in the Sun Belt. Coach? I'm confident in, in our guys. You know, I, I saw a different energy level and focus in spring ball. The reports I've gotten from our summer conditioning program have been unlike any other reports since I've been a head coach at any school. And, you know, we've had a championship culture uh, and a great team mindset, you know, mindset of a champion. We've been a tough, physical, relentless football team, the kind of team people hate to face. And I see these guys stepping it up to another level. And uh, so, you know, I'm really confident in our guys. And the great thing when you have an environment and a culture like we do, when you bring new guys in, which we're all bringing in new guys now because of the portal, uh, they assimilate quicker into your program because you got more people kind of showing them the way it has to be. So I'm really excited to get started and, uh, you know, play these games one week at a time. I, I think they're going to – look, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to be highly competitive. We'll be highly competitive this year. There's no question in my mind about that. There's also no question in my mind we're going to be better every year following through recruiting, being FBS, adding to our facilities, adding to our resources, adding to our recruiting department, adding to things that make it a great educational and athletic experience for our student-athletes. So I think the future is really bright under the sun. Another question from Zoom from Darian Carter of the Tuscaloosa News. For those Sunbelt Conference fans who are unfamiliar with James Madison, what should they expect to see this year? Well, we're going to play with 11 on offense, defense, special teams, or at least we better. Um, we've always been a real tough physical team, fly around on defense, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. You know, our special teams were real good last year. If you did a composite of FBS, FCS, we would have been number two in the country based on our rankings and our production on special teams last year. Uh, offensively, we've normally been a downhill, punch-in-the-mouth running football team, but because of injuries on the offensive line and at running back last year, we had to morph. We had an experienced quarterback. We had some skill on the outside, and we probably threw the ball more than I've ever thrown it, been in 10 personnel more than I've ever been. So, you know, but that's what you got to do as a coach. you got to adjust your personnel and put them in places where – they have the best chance to be successful. So we've always played with a lot of energy, a lot of confidence, a lot of swag. Uh, but every year's a new year. You got to prove it. Everything in athletics, you got to prove. That's a great thing. We're all nothing, nothing right now. I see these uh, preseason standings one to seven on each side. Let me tell you something. There's somebody on the bottom of each side that's going to make a run at the championship. It's going to happen, and that's a great thing about football. Uh, Grant Johnson from the Breeze, this is for uh, Kurt, Percy, and Isaac. You know, what's going to be maybe most different about, you know, going from playing maybe one FBS team per year to now having a whole slate and having, you know, 10 to play for, you know, each week? Honestly, just focusing on uh, limiting the mistakes. Uh, These games that we're coming up and playing this upcoming fall, we can't be making mistakes. We have to be on top of everything and 
that's a focus that we're going to have to just strive to, like, keep ahead of us this upcoming fall. Yeah, like Percy said, the margin of error is just decreasing when you play teams this good on a weekly basis. And then also us making sure that we get in with uh, nutrition and recovery, knowing that we're going to be playing in physical games every week and um, just taking advantage of all the resources we have to help us be ready for the next upcoming game. It's about commitment and discipline and ramping up in those areas, committing to a higher standard because we could get away with things at the FCS level uh, and play our C-plus game, uh, maybe not do all the things you needed to do to be the best you could be individually and collectively and still get the result and still have a great week against a quality opponent. We can't do that anymore because we're going to be playing good teams week in, week out. We're going to have to play our A game more often, and, and the consistency and performance is going to have to improve and increase, and that's requiring more of everybody, players and coaches. Charlie Krause, the coaching crew show. This is possibly for all three of you. You guys have a very strong and passionate alumni and fan base. What's the vibe that you've been feeling either on campus or at different events with alumni since the announcement was made you were moving into the Sun Belt? I've been around the, the fan base the most. They, and let me tell you something. They are so excited, so pumped up, so ecstatic. And uh, we're close to selling out every game at home. And... Uh, you know, the environment at home is great. You know, it's, it's a crazy environment, tailgating and everything. So, you know, they're pumped up, ready to go. Now all we got to do is deliver. No pressure. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about our fan base is it's, it's not just a football thing in terms of they're excited to see us play against the other team. They're actually excited to go head-to-head -head with the other fan bases as well, whether it's on Twitter or in person with cheering and who can outdo the other. So that makes it a real fun atmosphere for everyone involved. Yeah, I totally agree. The excitement's through the roof, and they've actually been pumping us up even more too. Like, we're all excited. The team's excited. Coaches are excited. Fans excited. Yeah. Mitchell Gladstone, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Curtin, you talked about, you know, preparing the physicality of it, of moving up to the FBS level, and there's not really, like you said, there's not a blueprint for this. So when it comes to, you know, trying to prepare these guys, is it something that you can only do so much and it's just going to be, you know, those first, you know, few games trying to figure it out? Or are there things that, you know, specific things that you've said, okay, these are the things we need to do in order to be able to deal with the challenges of going into a full FBS schedule for the first time? No, we have a philosophy and a way of doing things, and if there was a better way, we'd have done it long ago. So we believe in how we do things. Now we tweak them every year and try to improve processes, et cetera, okay? But, you know, we're process-oriented, and uh, we're kind of going about business as usual, and, uh, you know, we're going to go out there and play our best every Saturday and at the end of the year see where we stack up. And, you know, I'm highly confident we're going to be in a lot of really, really tight ball games. And maybe we won't. Maybe we'll be two, three scores up. I don't plan on being two, three scores down very often. I can tell you that. Uh, Coach Andrew Abney, Pine Belt Sports. Um, with you guys making the jump to FBS, I, I, I wonder how much does the transfer portal impact that jump? Does it hurt you or can it help you? Is it trickier? Like, if, you know, if you make this move four years ago, 
where a, a transfer from LSU had to go to Louisiana or a transfer from Ohio State had to go to JMU. It, it's a much simpler process. Now you're dealing with the transfer portal where people are coming in and offering your guys deals and they're not even in the portal. I lost my best receiver uh, in a freshman. Caught 85 balls for 1,500 yards, 15 TDs at the end of the season. Then lost a guy to Texas, uh, you know, after May 1st. Um, so every coach in America would tell you the roster management part of it is difficult. But, look, it is what it is. And like somebody said in the SEC media day, the toothpaste is out of the tube. It's not, it's not going back in. So we all have to adjust, improvise, and do the best job we can in today's landscape uh, to be successful. Raymond Parch with the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Coach, it's exciting that you guys are moving up and get to play in the FBS level, but you guys have some really great rivalries that you're not going to be able to play, at least for a little while, with Richmond and William and Mary. What's the game plan to keep those rivalries going now that you've made the move up? Yeah, and that's a little bit of a question for Jeff Bourne and Kevin White, who, and I have a say in scheduling too. You know, we're scheduled out pretty good the next four years or so. Uh, Richmond and William and Mary do not show up on the schedule. Uh, our philosophy is to play one FCS team, one Power 5 team, and then go out and get a couple G5 teams. Uh, I think we've got Norfolk and a few people like that down the road. I'm not saying it won't happen, can't happen, but right now they're not on the schedule. Coach, just wanted uh, to ask you, you guys have mentioned uh, on a couple of different occasions about recovery and how, how much tougher it's going to be against an FBS schedule. Uh, to that point, um, the Sun Belt just recently announced a deal with uh, Bobby1.com and uh, natural recovery patches. Uh, how much research goes into a product like that, especially in this new world of NIL and, and products that are sponsored by conferences, and kind of how much research goes into that? You know, I'm 61 years old, and there's a lot of things out there right now I don't know about that, you know, is kind of common to everybody else in this room. I promise you I don't know anything about this recovery patch. But uh, I have a strength and conditioning coordinator that's high-tech, big-time science, and extremely intelligent. And he'll be coming in my office soon, I'm sure, telling me all about it. And as long as we can afford it and it's got value, we'll buy it. And then it's going to come down to finances because until we're a full-time member in the Sun Belt, and I can hire my recruiting department, my creative department. We can improve our facilities, get more offices, get a training table going, et cetera, et cetera. Patches may have to take a back seat. I don't know. But uh, if it's going to improve player health, then it'll be at the top of the list. Coach is free. I didn't hear Okay. All right. Good Coach, deal. got a, do it. Yep, got one more Zoom question here. Uh, how different has the offseason and the camp been, head, camp this season been, heading into the FBS? Well, you know, we're going to start camp uh, players report August 2nd. We'll start practice on August 3rd. You know, last year we played two seasons. We played a spring season and a fall season. We played 21 games. And I was telling uh, Coach uh, at Georgia State, Sean, uh, you know, I, as a coach, I liked it. I know it was hard on the players, but, like, this offseason, I feel like I've been on vacation for three months. Like I, like, I haven't worked in a year. I feel like, you know, this vacation's lasted forever. So we're anxious to get back to work. 
How much different is it going to be? I don't think it's really going to be any different. I mean, again, if there was a better way to do things, we'd have been doing them before. So, you know, hopefully we can get out there, get better every day, keep them healthy, and have the best uh, 11 in all three phases on the field against Middle Tennessee. One more Zoom question. This is for Percy and Isaac uh, asking, uh, can you talk about the challenge of playing in what is going to be an obviously very strong Sunbelt East? Um, I feel like the biggest challenge is going to be, I mean, it's better teams. I mean, you're going to be playing against better offensive tackles, better quarterbacks, better running backs for the most part. I'm not going to discredit the CAA and say we had terrible players or anything like that, but you're going to be paying a higher level of competition on a weekly basis, as I've said before. So I feel like that's going to be the biggest change. Yeah, just coming back and just focusing on the small details and just knowing that every week we're going to have to bring our A game and just play JMU football. 